Now, Brian, is, you've got a story for us, or or is it Errol? I do, David. Uh, China used to be uh, known as the bicycle kingdom until the past few decades saw the car rapidly pushing bikes out of the way, literally, most of the time. But they're making a comeback with bike-sharing schemes resulting in millions of new bicycles on the road. But this is having some unintended consequences. And one of those has been the tens of thousands of broken bikes the schemes generate. And this has created the Great Wall of Bikes in a Beijing, a Beijing back street. It's hundreds of metres of bicycles just all stacked on top of each other. Tens of thousands of bicycles, all, all exactly the same colour. They're all yellow. These are broken, are they? The needing to be repaired. One of the, yeah. one of the issues, I think, with um, all of this sort of uh, disruptive mobility stuff, and and you know the new sort of uh, mobility as a service and sharing economies, where we're having bike sharing schemes, is that you know the private sector just wants to to sort of flood the market to. Mm to compete. And so I think this is part of the problem. There's something, you know, something like 30 different companies are, are just throwing cycles into China and, and they're almost valueless. So they have a bit of a problem in, in China where um, they have a system now where you can just leave the bike anywhere. You don't have to take it to a, to a special sort of bike hub or anything like that, like you do in some of the Australian share bikes. And this means that in very popular places, bikes are just piling up. Now, the ones we're talking about here, of course, are, are broken ones that need to be repaired or have been chucked away. But it worries me that there's no sort of regulation of this. And, and I guess it kind of points out how important regulation is. If you let the market have its head, you can end up with a, a very uncontrolled situation. Planners often think that everything should be or will be controlled and ordered and, and, and regulated but if you don't really understand what could happen, you don't get the regulations in in time. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, of, one of the problems is that they don't have to drop the bike anywhere. So they just grab the bike from one of the depots and just ride it wherever they want, leave it there. And so then yeah. you have to send someone around with a truck collecting them all and uh, they yes. just all pile up. If you had to sort of return it to a, you know, a specific point to get your sort of credit back or whatever, then uh, it wouldn't be such an issue. Yeah, you could manage it, couldn't you? That's managing the system. That's a, is that a little bit like the railway saying we could run a wonderful system if it wasn't for people? The, the real thing you want to do with a bike is take it to exactly where you are and leave it there and get going. I believe there is a, a system going to be brought into Sydney, which is this non-depot type system that you can leave the bike and you by logging off the bike it can then lock up until or i believe it can until someone logs on again and when you log on you are therefore identified and paying for it while it goes hmm. can track track where it is but they've got i think that's got a sort of a gps unit in the bike ah, right. so you know they, they can track it down whereas these are just regular bicycles so they can just people people are just leaving them wherever they want to. One of the pictures seems to show a registration plate. Uh, this would suggest that if this was to become a a problem, that you would almost need to register. Of course, if you go back to the 1900s, early 1900s in England, there were too many horses. And if a horse died, it was tended to be left on the side of the road because you couldn't identify who owned it and so it became a community problem to clean it up 
and this is almost the same thing that's happening with cycles. Are you saying that a horse is the the perfect vehicle to go to run a red light with? Well, horses had brands. Go through a speeding course, camera. So, so I think you could tell for a while until it uh, sort of rotted away. But but yeah, I mean the ubiquity of the thing is um, makes them almost valueless, doesn't it? Mm. We sell more bikes in Australia than cars. Yes, although I saw today. Um, Cycle use is reducing over has been reducing over the past five years quite substantially, except for in the city centre where yes. uh, the mayor Clover Moore has, has invested a lot in cycle facilities. There's been an increase in cycling there, um, but across the rest of the city, it's gone down. And I think it just proves that you, you know, if you don't support, uh, you know, a desirable mode like cycling, then uh, you know you you really won't have, um, you know, you won't get increases in it unless you really support it. Mm. undoubtedly true it, it, it's not just a case of trying to go on television occasionally and saying oh it's a good idea it's actually supporting it with infrastructure and and legislation and other things as well yeah well look i'm traveling through other cities i mean melbourne has a, a bike share system that i've used and so does brisbane I, I belong to the brisbane system i use it every time i go there uh, sydney doesn't have one mm. it's uh, it's a little bit sad well, we we mm. may be getting one. There's a guy uh, who was a student at uh, one of the universities, I think, University of Technology, mm. who's, who's uh, going towards that. Next week, we will talk about using the footpaths and things when uh, for delivery and autonomous vehicles delivering, and it gets right to this point of how we interact with a, diff- uh, a range of different mobility vehicles, be they for people or be they for freight. Mm. 